0: Uh, welcome everyone to City Beautiful Church. My name is Ryan. I'm pastor here. If if you uh, if you don't know uh, who we are yet and this is your first time, it's very exciting. Um, today is what we call Praxis Sunday. Um, and we do this three times a year and it's something that that I actually really love. You know, I think for some of us, we find God in the worship. We find Him in the songs. We find Him in, in being together and, and being moved by beauty. Uh, For some of us, we find God in the word. We find God in in examining the scriptures that he's given us and seeking his character there. For some of us, we find God in serving. It's in, um, you know, putting together a potluck. It's about visiting somebody who is sick or in prison. Uh, And those are the places that we really find God. Uh, And for some of us, we find God in the announcements of what the church is doing, that we're not just singing about it, but we're actually doing it. Um, And so Praxis Sunday is is an opportunity for us as a community um, every few months or so to pause and reflect on all of the things that God has already done in and through our community and then kind of cast vision and talk about the next season. And that's what we're going to be doing today. So I don't, uh, I want to sanctify each moment of what we talk about tonight. You know, I think that's our temptation a lot of times is that we have a holy moment when we're singing and then we turn off. And then someone mentions a Bible verse, and we're in a holy moment, and then someone mentions money, and we turn off. And then someone makes salad, and we turn it off. And then someone makes ice cream, and it's a holy moment. You know, we, we've lived in this division between, you know, the sac- I don't like the word secular, but the sacred and the regular so often. And we want to sanctify each and every moment tonight uh, and celebrate all of this is an act of worship. Everything we do is an act of worship if we're in the right heart space and the right mind space. So tonight, we're going to be looking at three particular things. And, and over this past season, our, our bigger vision has been this, loving community for bold exploration. That's been our seasonal vision. We're kind of, this is like the new thread that God is weaving into the tapestry that is our church community. And so we began the year with this series called In Search of the Beloved, where we were allowing the Gospel of John uh, to really center us on the life, the actions, and the words of Jesus to really teach us what does belovedness look like. What, is it, what does it look like for God to pursue us? And in turn, what does it look like for us to pursue God? And then it was on that foundation that over the past couple months we've been looking at the second part, which was loving community. To say, okay, we are the people of God who have been saved by Christ into the family of God, so now what? How does that change the way in which we love one another? And so we talked about belonging. We talked about transformation. We talked about accountability. We talked about devotion. We talked about giving and receiving to one another. And now the next portion of that that we're going to be stepping into next week is called bold exploration. And what does it look like for us to step from the platform that God has given us in Christ Jesus, from the foundation of the church into bold exploration, which we'll be talking about in just a moment. Uh, and, and, and time and again in this past series, we've been coming back to this same uh, por- portion of scripture that many of you know quite well, and it's Acts 2, 42 to 47. And I want to read that just one more time, because I want you to really hear um, in very succinct terms, this is what Luke wanted us to know that a spirit-led church looks like. In verse 42, he, he writes this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. How many of you know today is Pentecost? One person! All right, congratulations. Today is Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after Easter, and today we really celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. So two Thursdays ago was the day of Ascension, when we remember that Jesus um, ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus needed to do that so he could be everywhere all at once. And today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, the, the apostles, the disciples, they're sitting in this room and they're waiting, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit blows into the room like a wind, and this fire alights upon them, and they go out and they begin to preach the good news, and they draw all these people to repentance, and that's what we're celebrating today. And a lot of times we say, well, what does it mean uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be anointed by the Holy Spirit? And we point to speaking in tongues, which is definitely one part of it. But Paul, or, or Luke goes on and shares these stories of saying, this is what it looks like when the Holy Spirit animates a community. This is what it looks like when God begins to breathe new life into his people, the way that they're bound to one another, the way they're devoted to people outside of the church community. And I love that it's this whole package. Whenever, wherever you see the church growing, you know the Holy Spirit is at work there. Can I get an amen? And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're talking about today. And this is the vision of who we want to be as loving community that you and i are so filled with the holy spirit the way we love one another attracts people from beyond these walls that's what we're called to that people look here and they say what what is that what is going on in this room there's something extra there's something more but they were devoted to these disciplines of listening to the teaching of the apostles. They were devoted to worship. They were devoted to the miraculous. Can we just can we say this is the second Sunday for uh, Ezra Acevedo back there? Everybody say, hi, Ezra. If you guys remember, in the fall, we were praying for Ezra because um, in utero, he had fallen down to the 25th percentile for size. And we all gathered around and we prayed, and within a week, he jumped back up into the 50th percentile. And that's a miracle. Those are the kind of things that waken people up to the reality of God. So they, they listened to the apostles' teaching. They worshiped together. They practiced miracles and signs and wonders. They broke bread with one another. They shared meals because it's over food that we really begin to share our hearts with one another. And they gave to one another so nobody was without need. We've been talking about consistency so much. And that's what we see in that early church. They were so consistent. They were so devoted to one another day in and day out. And I love that even last week, our elder Paul said that devoted church community lays a foundation to love the world well. And so today, what we want to really examine are these three specific areas. First, we're going to talk about discipleship. How is it that we are are teaching one another in the ways of Christ in such a way that we're formed to become more like him? And then we're going to be looking about how we go out beyond the walls of this church and we're going to be celebrating a lot of people in our community who are answering that very specific call. And then finally, we're going to be looking at giving and how it is that when we come together with all of our resources, there's something more than the sum of our individual parts. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is discipleship. And I want to invite up the leader of our discipleship team, Mark Jackson. Everybody give him a round of applause. Hi, Mark. Oh, hey. I could stay down there if you wanted I to. I know. it's. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm only like two inches shorter there. than you. You're there. I'm almost there. Yeah. Um, last, week, last weekend, I had the honor of doing uh, Mark's sister's wedding. Jennifer, many of you know Jennifer. Uh, and Jennifer and Devin. And Devin is like my height. Jennifer's also my height. Yeah. And then there was you, and then there's the other two sisters, and yeah. they, they gave him a step to stand on yeah. for the ceremony. It was, it was the tallest wedding I've ever been in. It was great. <laughs> um, so, so Mark leads our discipleship team. This is kind of something that we've uh, really launched uh, this past year. And the vision for this ministry overall is this, creating a foundation for belonging and challenging one another to become more like Christ. Creating a, a, a foundation of belonging and challenging one another to become more like Christ. And so, Mark, we talked a lot about trying to live in this tension between belonging and transformation that sometimes we can only seek to belong which becomes very permissive but we can seek only to transform which becomes very militant and cult like how have you I mean you've you've been discipled for a long time and you've been a disciple or how do you learn to walk that tension between belonging and transformation
1: uh, the willingness to accept yourself as you are mm-hmm. um, it's so much I mean I'm not the biggest man in the world I'm big but I'm not like big and so like if I walk into a gym there's going to be many other bigger people than me Uh, and it's I mean all of my life I was like a buck forty in high school like (whistles) Um, and so I never went into the gym because I always thought that I was unqualified Um, and so it took me accepting me for me to be able to walk into a gym and go okay I am this way and so are all these other people and I want to change just like all these other people And that's why they're here. Um, But it took me accepting that and then stepping out in boldness to go, I want to change. And it means I need to accept me for me to begin uh, developing and
0: changing. That's really good. I like that. That's a good analogy. Mark is the king of analogies, y'all. Sometimes we call them parables. But he's really good at it. So... So we're doing, we're doing this, this summer of discipleship initiative where um, we're really focusing in on trying to, to, to do that, that level of intimacy where there is a, there is a tremendous place for belonging and saying you, you are the way that you are and we, we belong, you belong here and we accept you that way. But we're also attempting to challenge you to grow and to become more Christ-like and kind of living in that tension. So just kind of paint for us a picture of what this summer is going to look like. And if people were to sign up for this initiative, um, what what are they committing to? Yeah, um,
1: it's it's something that, um, I mean, we are loving community for bold exploration. Uh, and so what we've asked is we've asked for, uh, I keep calling them like pillar people. They are people that encompass what it means to be city beautiful. People who have been here, people who have uh, stood the test of time and people who love this community well and pursue God well. And so we've asked these people to be uh, kind of like these tour guides. Um, and so we're asking people like, we are stepping into this summer of discipleship and so we're encouraging people sign up to be discipled and we're gonna pair you off with one of these tour guides one of these city beautiful pillar people they're good people they love this community well and if you're signing up to be a part of this community and continue to dig in deep like this is somebody who's gonna lead you well gonna connect you well and going to lead um, you into this discovery well but they're also not that person that has it all figured out they're a tour guide that means they don't know if a bear is going to come walking across the road. They're going to go, okay. This is going to be the best practice for if we see a bear. But I can't tell you if there's going to be a bear. Um, and so that so means-
0: bears and gyms basically.
1: Yes, bears and gyms analogy. I do it unintentionally. Um, but all that to mean like they are humble and they are going to be learning alongside of you. They're not uh, going to be somebody that has it all figured out. So there is that there is that humility where like you are able to disciple be discipled and 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 learn and grow with that same person and so there is that fairness and there is that uh, you are growing with the same person it's not you are the weak person come in I will make you strong it's no come in we're going to work
0: out together and through that we will all grow and be stronger so practically if 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 I was to sign up during this week uh, to be part of this summer of discipleship what is that going what, what to, what are the implications for me from week to week? Ah, uh, yes. Um, so what we're
1: asking is, uh, we've asked for each of the leaders, once you get your group, reach out to those people and set up a time, set up all right. what day of the week works, and get together. Because just like in Acts 2, they got together. That's such an important component, get together, uh, and then You'll go through some kind of study, you'll go through some kind of dialogue that's going to challenge you, that's going to grow you. You're going to talk about your lives, you're going to share, because what's the point of growing next to somebody if you don't have any connection to them? Um, and then it's just going to be um, having regular communication, whether it's group text, Facebook chat. What well, It's the 21st century, but we, we want to harness a 21st century and say, hey, like you don't have to meet together every single day, but you can in some way meet together every single day. Hey. I know that we talked about uh, really exploring what worship looks like in your individual life. How are you doing that? It's Thursday. You're going to work. I know that you talked about, and so it's like reaching out and trying to to develop some form of constant communication about what you're learning so that as you're applying it in your life, because like all of you, I know that we come to a church service on Sunday. We dutifully jot down all of our notes and very pinpoint this is what I'm going to do to apply this to my life this week specifically and then every single day we wake up and this is how I'm going to apply this sermon to my life today because Ryan doesn't have all of our phone numbers to reach out to us and say hey remember when I spoke about that thing how are you doing about that thing so we all take it upon ourselves right that that we all do no no we don't Let's be honest, we don't. And so it's that form of greater communication, greater connection where it's like, hey, we did talk about this thing. And hey, we do want to grow. How are you doing? How are you doing? And hey, I said I needed help in this area. And I need you guys to reach out to me too. It's important. It's not a one-way street. And so just one day meeting together to intentionally grow, share life, share a meal, whatever that looks like. And then throughout the week, just having communication
0: and just growing in that way. Great. Thanks, Mark. Um, so if you guys, if you want to go ahead and, and pull out your phone, so basically what we're doing for this initiative, it's going to be a 16-week um, uh, commitment. And like he said, we've established these, these pillar people, these tour guides. And what we're going to do, if you sign up to be part of this initiative, we're going to partner you with one of those people. And the, and the reason for that is we want it to be this relationship to be specifically about discipleship. And maybe it's people you don't know, and that's Okay. Um, but we, we're asking you to commit for 16 weeks to meet together once a week and just to be communicating throughout the week about how you're doing. And this is going to be a beautiful space for accountability and encouragement. So you can go to citybeautiful.ch slash discipleship on your phone, and you're going to find um, a form there. And we're going to actually walk you through what this form looks like online um, because you can do this on your phone. You can do this when you get um, uh, get home on your computer or tablet. So there's two options. The first one is this. It says, I'm in. Sign me up. You've been waiting for a long time to be discipled. You've wanted someone to reach out to you. This is your opportunity. And so we're just going to ask you to fill out this brief form. Tell us what are some things that maybe you really want to learn? What are things that you want to dig into and explore on a deeper level? Um, We're going to give you the option whether or not you want to be in a group with the same gender. Sometimes that's advantageous. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, And then give us your name, your email address, and your phone number. And when you click Sign Me Up, we're going to have somebody reach out to you over the next week, week and a half, Uh, to begin to put together those, those groups. And now the second option, if you continue to go down, says, I'm interested, but I'd like more information. And right here, we're just asking for your name and your email address. Um, and this is very, very simple. We're going to be sending some emails out this week that are prompts just to kind of help you to think into what does discipleship look like in your life? And is this, um, is this something that you want to sign up for and really begin to explore? And, and my hope in all of this is that by the end of 16 weeks, when we enter into the fall, this is a community um, that is all the more tightly woven together because we've chosen to say yes to each other. You know, at the beginning of the year when I was praying for our community and I was saying, okay, Lord, what are you, what are you doing? What do you want to do in this season? The only thing he said to me was, I'm strengthening the core. And that was it. And that's not you know, when you're, when you're a pastor and you're trying to run a church, like, that's not always the clearest thing in the world. You're like, okay. Uh, but even later on, we were praying about it as a leadership team, and uh, Garrett said, gave me the same vision. He said, it, like, he saw this, this image of God building a spinal column and reinforcing a spinal column. And if you know your body, it's from your spinal column that everything else is held together. And so this is just us continuing to be faithful to God's to what God's doing in our community of strengthening the core. So I'm going to give you just um, two minutes to fill out, either to say, I'm in, sign me up, I want, I want to do this thing, or I want a little bit more information, uh, and we'll be back in just a moment. So we'll give you the time for that, and if you've already filled it out, just sit and reflect on what discipleship looks like in your life right now. So you can continue filling that out, or you can fill it out when you get home today. But one of the things we wanted to do is actually just kind of put this, this idea into practice, the power of gathering together with just three or four other people and very honestly sharing. So I want you to, I want you to gather with, with three or four people that you're sitting next to. Uh, maybe you know them, maybe you don't, that's okay. And I want you just to spend a few minutes talking about these two questions. As we've been talking about, how do you live in the tension between belonging but also with the expectation for transformation. So the two questions are this, when was a time I genuinely felt like I belong? And then when has God challenged me to grow through another person? So when was a time in your life, you know, specific moment, specific person, specific place, where you really felt like you belonged? What were the aspects that kind of helped you to think into that, to feel that, that, that space? And then secondly, when, when has God challenged you to grow through another person? that genuine goodness of God's conviction that that uh, makes us want to aspire to be more Christ-like. So gather in groups of three or four with the people that are, you're sitting around right now uh, and just kind of share around these two questions. You know there's something I think when we begin to share our stories that that kind of sanctifies a moment, that sanctifies a space. Because what we're doing is, is not only are we telling our story but we're also attempting to tell God's story through the lens of our lives and how he has worked through other people to give us a revelation of what he's like. And that's really a big part of what we wanna do with discipleship in our church community. Um, so I, if, it, if it's okay with you, I just wanna pray over those two moments that you shared um, and, and, just, and just just take a moment and let's be grat- grateful to God that he's been able to do that. Father, you have, uh, you've, you've given us a place to belong and you've also given us a place to be transformed. And, and Father, sometimes both of those things are so hard for us. It's, it's terrifying sometimes to belong to a community, uh, but it can also be so terrifying to have this expectation that we're to, to change, that we're expected to grow. Sometimes it feels easier to to separate ourselves, uh, to protect ourselves from being affected by the world around us. But that's not what you've called us to, Lord. Um, You've given us a family, but you've also challenged us uh, to challenge one another, to refine one another, to sharpen one another, uh, to equip one another, to be more and more your hands and feet in the world around us. And so, Lord, the stories that were just shared, we sanctify them, we bless them. Um, that they would be testimonies to those who heard them of what it looks like when you really come in and you push past all of our fear and ambiguity uh, and you, you rescue us and you bring us into family and you bring us into new life. We pray these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so that's a little bit about uh, discipleship and what we want to do over the, the summer. We're going to be having a couple other events throughout the summer that are just opportunities for us all to come together and especially for you guys to come together with the people that come in the evening and, and get to know them one another, uh, get to know them more. And so the next portion of what we want to talk about is uh, is missions, is, uh, is outreach. is about us going beyond this place and bringing the heart of God wherever we go. Um, and as I was kind of praying on this like saying okay lord what is this you know missions is this kind of this word that gets thrown around a lot i I kind of felt like we came to this loving community gives us confidence for bold exploration you know i think the the less confident you are in being part of a loving community the less likely you want to explore right And that's a lot of times when we hold very tightly to our beliefs, not as a way for us to grow, but as a way to protect ourselves from other people, to protect ourselves from new ideas. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that we don't feel like we belong, we don't feel like we are accepted for who we really are. But when we live in the kind of loving community that God has called us to, that gives us a confidence for bold exploration. And we've talked about exploration and especially more next week, we'll, we'll be kind of introducing this series. But there's two, to me, there's two kinds of exploration. There's the exploration where you're stepping into the new territory, the uncharted territory. There's an idea, there's a concept, there's a place, there's a relationship that you've never experienced before. But you know somebody's, some God's calling you into it. My favorite verse in the entire Old Testament. I've said this before. Exodus twenty twenty one, and the people stood afar off, and Moses entered into the thick darkness where God was. You got to get real low when you talk about that verse, because I love that image. Moses entered into the thick darkness where God was. How many of you know how that feels? Like you're exploring who God really is, but you're stepping into the unknown. You know he's there, but maybe you don't know what he looks like. Maybe you don't know what he feels like. And I love that idea of the new territory of exploration. But not only is there exploration of the new, but there's also exploration of depth. That there's something that you've always kind of known, but you're exploring the riches that are found within that. Like a concept like grace, how many times in your life have you come back to this foundational idea of our faith and gone, I thought I knew what this was, but I'm experiencing it and I'm discovering it on a whole new level. You know, I I went through that a couple years ago where I kind of found myself at the end of a rope and really feeling like I've gone as far as I can go in my own strength. And God, I've been preaching grace for a long time, but now I need to know what it is all over again. And those are those two forms of bold exploration that we're called to, but we can't do that without loving community, whether it's the uncharted territories or whether it's the riches of depth. And when we step out for bold exploration, that's when we begin to grow in our intimacy with God where we learn to inhabit our identities as his children and his image bearers, and when we really begin to discover our purpose. There's this beautiful little line in Matthew chapter 10 when Jesus sends the disciples out for the first time to bring the good news, and he says, just go to Jerusalem and Judea. Don't worry about the Samaritans. Don't worry about the Gentiles. He says, go to the people. They're just like you, the, the, the place that's familiar. You know the language. You know the customs. And that was like the kindness of Jesus to send them on their first mission to people that they kind of know who know their stories because it's a lot easier for us to meet people there to go I actually know what that feels like I know what you're talking about but there's this this amazing point in uh, in the beginning of the book of Acts before Jesus ascends that he says to his disciples now go forth to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth because now they're in a position to be able to transcend any kind of cultural boundaries, to be able to go to the people that they don't know, to the cultures that they're not familiar with, but they have confidence in who they've been called to be by God, that they know there is no boundary when it comes to the love of Christ. That wherever I go, I'm able to bring that love and bring it abundantly. And that's what missions is to me. I think that we're all called to our own culture, to the people that are just like us, but sometimes God's going to call us somewhere else, someplace else, where we don't know the language, we don't know the culture, we don't know the customs, the traditions, the history, and he's going to say, who are you when you're there? Do you, can you find me in that place? Can you reveal my heart to these people? And that's a beautiful challenge. And so we've got a lot of people this summer that are stepping out and saying yes to God in that very specific way. Um, of going to another culture, going to another place and bringing the love of God. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is our uh, next trip to Peru. So I want you to give a round of applause to Logan Harris as he steps up here. Logan is the the leader of our local global ministry, which is um, all of the different partnerships that we have. So really briefly, Logan, what's the the big vision for local global specifically?
2: Yeah, for us, it's to help People in our community step out in faith to be a part of what God's already doing in the world, creating a lifestyle of investment. So for us, it's the emphasis on long-term relationships with those three partnerships that we have.
0: And so this is, I want to say, our fourth trip to Peru in total? Yes. And so every every trip has been all about continuing to invest in this community empowering them to do what they're doing on the ground like you said so on top of that we kind of each of them has this unique flavor like there's one specific thing that we're going in um, to do there to, whether it's to encourage them or help them to reach out to their neighborhood so what's the what's the flavor of this specific trip
2: Yeah uh, the flavor is us facilitating a leadership retreat for the leaders there uh, the leaders at el Vinedo in peru just go above and beyond pouring themselves into everything that they do like they each have their own specialized area that we'll touch on here in a little bit but yet they all cross over into all the other areas they are continuously pouring their heart and soul into the ministry and so we want to come alongside them and provide a time of rest of rejuvenation of restoration for them
0: yeah that's awesome i've never met uh, a community that are so devoted to what God's called them to do and and they're in such a unique position it's an incredibly poor neighborhood there's a lot of people that have grown up with bad religion uh, or no religion at all there's a lot of stories of, of abuse and neglect and ad, abject poverty and this is a little community um, of people who are passionately in love with Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit and they stretch themselves and sacrifice themselves time and again uh, for the place that God's called them to which is absolutely amazing um, so what we want to do this morning is we want to specifically take time to pray for each of those leaders. So when you came in, you were given a clipboard. And on that clipboard, there is a little piece of paper that has the name of one of the leaders of this church community uh, and, and one of their main roles at uh, El Vinedo. And so um, we'll just go to the next photo. Logan, I want you to kind of introduce each of these leaders to us. Um, So look at the name that you've got, and you're going to be able to see the the picture of the leader down there. Because we really want to connect. These are real people. You know, these are our brothers and sisters half a world away um, that are called to be faithful, just like you and I are called to the same. So, Logan, why don't you introduce us to each of these folks?
2: So we'll start
0: from the right, and we'll work
2: our way to the left. There are a couple in here that are kind of just in this picture that aren't part of the leadership team there. So we'll just... Hop over those. Uh, So starting at the right is Guillermo. He's he's the pastor. He's the leader. He is involved in everything. Uh, He pretty much pours himself out in every single area of the ministry there. He's one of the most humble, kind-hearted, gentle, yet bold and strong people that I've ever met. Uh, Then to his left is Liliana. Uh, She leads the finances of the church, and she also teaches in the church's kids program there as well. Uh, In the back to the left of Liliana is Milena. Blue shirt. Yes. Uh, She also plays a vital role in the kids' ministry at the Vineyard Church there. Uh, She's actually currently serving at a children's shelter in Honduras as we speak.
0: So Uh, they've they've started sending out missionaries, which is pretty amazing. right,
2: Right. And then so in front of Milena in the white shirt... That's Lisette, Uh, she is Guillermo's wife, so she is equally as involved in everything going on there at the church. Uh, She she actually leads the ministry of the kids, the kids ministry, Uh, and she's also a part of the SOZO team. You'll hear that word SOZO throw down a couple times. It's their healing and deliverance ministry that they do there, so she's involved in that as well. Uh, And she also leads a small group for women. And then, where are we? Yes, Santiago in the back, the one waving in the blue shirt. Uh, he is the leader of the, the worship team there, and he's also a part of the Sozo team as well. Uh, such a lighthearted and just very humorous, <laughs> very humorous man, great guy. Uh, and then, so if we go in front of Santiago, the woman in the blue striped pants, black shirt, uh, that's Patricia, she is Santiago's wife. Uh, she leads the youth group there, uh, and she's also a part of the Sozo team. And then, The last person on the left in the red shirt is Abigail. She leads the intercession meetings that they have, and she also teaches music to the kids there at El Vinedo. And then then we go to the next photo. And this is Pam. Uh, She's the missionary from America who lives in Peru. She's lived there for over 10 years now. So, I mean, that's her home. Uh, She is the actual leader
0: of the SOZA ministry, and she also helps with the worship team as well. Great. So what we're going to do, the the worship team's going to, they're going to play. And I want you all to take a moment um, and and really focus in on that name. We're going to be going through a a few photos here. You might see the person whose name you have. And I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to this person to encourage them? You know, we're a community that believes uh, in prophecy and exhortation, and we want to practice that right now. Um, So I'm going to pray and then I want you just to take a moment, and I, just two or three sentences, and we're going to translate those into Spanish. And so when this team goes down at the end of the month, they're going to hand over all these notes from our community to say, hey, we love you, we believe in you, and we're going to pray for you. Um, and, and it could be as specific or general um, as you feel comfortable with, but I really challenge you, listen to the Lord on behalf of, of one of your brothers or sisters half a world away. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the ministry of El, v- El Viñedo uh, in Lima, Peru. Um, Lord, that over the years we've been able to build relationship with them as as we've encouraged them so they have encouraged us. So, Father, right now I pray that you would open the ears of your faithful here. That we would be able to hear your voice. That you would tell us what it is that you want to say to your children in Peru. And, Lord, that we would be able to encourage them to continue to, to, to give them the strength. I think of, Lord, like... Moses trying to hold up um, the staff over his head so that we can win the battle. And it it took um, others coming alongside of him and holding his arms up, propping him up so he can be faithful to what he's doing. And that's really what we're about, Lord. So speak to each of us on behalf of them, that we can take these notes down there as an encouragement, that you see them, that you hear them, you know them, and that you're blessed by them.